You're listening to the Food Freedom Podcast, hosted by me, Dylan Murphy, Registered Dietitian Nutritionist. Food Freedom Podcast explores the topics of intuitive eating, mindset, and body respect to help you create a lifestyle of lasting food freedom. We believe it's possible to feel confident in your food choices and connected to your body. And here on the Food Freedom Podcast, we will show you how. I'm the owner of Free Method Nutrition, a nutrition coaching practice empowering women to break up with diet culture by teaching them how to trust, respect, and feel safe in their bodies. We welcome all foods over here from kale salads to queso and everything in between. Let's dive in. This episode of Food Freedom Podcast is sponsored by our Free Method Recipe Book. It's time that you have a way to create flavor-packed meals that you enjoy that also align with your goal of food freedom. This recipe book is designed to support your intuitive eating journey so you can gain confidence in the kitchen. Complete with recipes that emphasize gentle nutrition, you'll find delicious and simple recipes that allow you to win back your time. Head to freemethodnutrition.com slash recipe book to get yours today. All right. Well, welcome back to the Food Freedom Podcast. And you might recognize that this is not Dylan talking. This is Meredith Rinshaw, who I am a dietitian at Free Method Nutrition. And I have the privilege of getting to step into podcast space to help Dylan while she is with Baby Murphy. So doing some interviews and let me just tell y'all are in for a treat today. I am so incredibly honored of the interview that I get to do today. It is actually different than any other podcast we have had because we have a previous graduate here with us today and we get to hear all about her experience and where she has come from. She is one of the funniest people that I know. So I am so excited for you guys to get to hear from Katie Rosa today. So welcome, Katie. Thanks, Meredith. That is the nicest introduction. I appreciate all those kind words and I soak them all in. I'm so glad that you're here and I just cannot wait for what you have to share and what everyone's going to get to hear from you. So please, Katie, tell us who you are, what you do, just a little bit about you. So we know who we're talking to. Sure. So I am a mother and I live in Orlando, Florida, and I am an operations manager at a fintech company. So we do all things payments, anything that makes payments moves. That's what we do. So I have a very busy full-time daytime job, but then outside of that, things that I love is self-exploration. I think that I'm the coolest person I've ever met. So I want to know all about me. Love that. (laughs) So yeah, that's my favorite thing to learn about is myself. So self-admitted, total self-help therapy junkie. But I also, like I said, I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm a friend. I have a very large village that I feel super fortunate to be within. And I love riding horses and baking cookies. Those are like the two best things that I feel like I do. And I feel the most alive when I am doing it. 
So yeah, that's a little snapshot about me. Yes. When Katie was like actively in the free method space, one of my favorite things every week was to get pictures of Katie and her horse or at the time it was your, is your previous horse. But that was like one of my favorite things to get to watch you do. It's just like live your life and you are really busy. You have a lot on your plate and you do a lot of things, which I think is an important piece that I don't want to miss. Because you also spent a amount of time every week, like in the free method space. So will you also tell us like, how did you stumble into the free method space? And eventually we'll get into free method Academy and and what that looked like and what your journey was, but how did you find us? Sure. So it's, I mean, like everybody says, it's a funny story, but it was <laughs> really like complete happenstance, which I feel like the best things in my life, that's how they've all kind of come to fruition is I just stumble into them. I had been, you know, kind of unraveling the web that I was like, I just don't feel like I relate to food how everyone else does. And I had felt like that meant that something was wrong with me. So then I started, I love podcasts and I listen to podcasts all the time. It's my preferred way to learn is through hearing. So I listened to tons of them and I happened just to put in, I had heard the term food freedom somewhere in the ether. Like I have no idea where, couldn't tell you, but I heard it. And so I just like put it in my podcast to search and Dylan's podcast came up, hers and like a couple other people's. And I just like downloaded, you know, maybe, I don't know, four episodes from various people, but Dylan's podcast stuck out to me because I was just like, yes, like that is what I feel like that is what it is. And I didn't even have the idea that this overarching thing was intuitive eating. Not even Meredith, and you don't even know this, not even until like halfway through Academy did I realize like, there's a name for all of this. (laughs) I love that. There's a whole other community of people out here that all do this. Like it's not just Meredith and Dylan that know this secret of like how to live a better, more satisfied life. And Yeah. So I just stumbled upon Dylan's podcast, loved it, just kept listening. And then I realized that Dylan and I had a mutual follower, which is my CEO at my company. So she has a very large online presence. I don't know if you want me to say anything about Sanir. It doesn't matter. Okay. You can edit that out. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So she has a very large online following. And then the next day I saw her in the office and I was like, Hey, do you know this person? Or was it just like, she's like, no, no, no. Like I do actually like really know her. Like she's wonderful. You should absolutely work with her if you're thinking about it. So that was kind of like the seal of approval for me that I was like, oh, I know somebody that knows them. Like it's, this is good. This isn't something that's like, let me hook our claws in. And then really it's just another diet down the road or, you know, some other quick fix to change your life. So yeah, that was really how I just kind of fell into this and had that awakening, like, you know, four weeks into Academy that, oh, this is intuitive eating that I'm learning about. People would ask me and I'd be like, it's like a nutritional therapy. You're exactly right. That is very much that. It's a lot of fun. It is. And now now I'm like, oh, that was like the start of my intuitive eating journey. Like Mm -hmm. that's what that was. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Just kind of the light bulb moment of like, oh, this is what I'm doing. There's a name for that. And there's a whole book on this. There's um, a whole but I think, yeah. A whole book in a whole community as well. And you know who like brought that to the forefront was Megan when she was like, oh, I'm reading Evelyn's book. And I was like, who is Evelyn? <laughs> 
honestly, this is making a great point to make sure that people know what this is all based from. So for any listeners that don't know, there is an intuitive eating book that a lot of practitioners and programs are really built around. And there's actually a new edition, the fourth edition that came out that they've continued to make edits through and through, but that is really the backbone of what we do and kind of the foundation of our practice here at Free Method. And so it's an awesome book and there's lots of little, there's now a workbook too. I love the workbook. I was going to say, I love the workbook. The workbook, it makes it a little bit more tangible and personalized. And then I actually have Evelyn also wrote an intuitive eating for every day and it's 365 daily practices and mantras. So it's just like a little thing that you can read in the morning. So all that to say, lots of material out there that you can get your hands on if you want to know more. But I think a piece of that, Katie, is what you were talking about was like realizing like, oh, like as you're listening to Dylan's podcast, that's what I think. That's what I feel. That's how I've, you know, thought I've had that thought. And I think something that's really important there is so often when people have these thoughts, they think they're the only one. They think that they are the only one that has some of the thoughts that they have around food or their body or experiencing um, shame or guilt around food decisions, things like that. But you might have even learned just from finding a podcast in a community and being in Free Method Academy that you weren't alone in that. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah. So I actually felt before, I actually have more of the, I'm the only one syndrome now than I did before. I was so surrounded by diet culture that that was normal. And that like how women talk about their bodies is normal. And that the reason, and like my constant failure in air quotes there, (laughs) you know, were due to my quote willpower problems and that I just needed to stick with it better or whatever. So I, I actually felt before more like this is how life is always going to be. Like, this is how it's always going to be. I'm always going to feel like this, but that's okay because everybody else does too. And then really through free method, it was like, oh, I don't have to feel like that. And there's actually a whole community of people out here that are validating. And there's tons of science that backs it up that tells you Like you don't have to feel like this. And this is actually a much larger thing. It's a much larger system that you have been placed into unwillingly. So now it's like, I pulled myself out of that. You know, I still have like a leg in there. You know, those thoughts don't heal overnight, but it's like, I've pulled myself out of there mostly. And so now I feel more like an outsider than I did before because I no longer join in on those conversations and no longer look at people's, you know, insert diet here posts. And I'm like, oh, I wish I could do that. Or maybe that would work. Like, I just don't do that anymore. And so, you know, now I feel like, oh, I'm the only one, like I'm the only one that knows about this. And now I feel like I have to talk about it all the time. <laughs> yes. You're, I always say at graduation air quotes, because, you know, we don't kick people out the door by any means, but that you guys almost feel like soldiers that I'm like sending out into the world, like go share yeah. these beliefs with others. But I think as you're speaking, like even saying, that's coming to my mind is this concept of if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. 
Mm-hmm. And so like, as you know, the newest diet trend and the, you know, the latest fad and, you know, one of your coworkers or family members, somebody doing these things tries to, you know, invite you in or, you know, share their beliefs. It really is easy to fall for those things and to believe like, oh, if they're doing it, then I need to be doing it as well. Cause there's also, I think this sense of, well, we all feel this way, but now they're doing something about it. So now I need to do something about it. But when you really have the knowledge that you have now, you don't necessarily fall for everything. Would you agree with that? Of just like you said, kind of feeling maybe isolated in a way, but separated from diet culture. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a sense of enlightenment in that when I hear these things that typically would have been triggering previously, I have the ability to like sit in that thought and zoom out and say, okay, what does that actually mean? Like, where is that coming from? And more importantly, why is that invoking an emotion in me? Like, why does that make me feel a certain way? Because like, I am not the problem. Like my body is not the problem society's expectations are the problem and that's not my problem to fix. So it's like when I hear those things, you know, somebody's doing something and this is what they had 400 calories all day and whatever. And, you know, now they're just the second coming. It's hard. (laughs) It's hard not to sit in that and be like, well, maybe I could do that. And then I'm like, wait, why do I want to do that? Why do I feel like that's calling me to do that, to be thinner, to do whatever? Like, is it because like, if I see somebody working out and I'm like, oh, I should work out more instead of like, oh, I should work out more. It's like, oh, it sounds like movement sounds good to me. I should add some type of movement in tomorrow or today, whatever I can fit into my schedule. Like I should add that in because that's actually the response that I'm having instead of you need to work out, you're lazy. So it's like that switch that I have that I'm able to zoom out and say like, okay, diet culture tells me I need to work out or else I'm lazy. But really what I tell myself and the feeling that I get from that is that I'm desiring to move more. So then I will choose to move more however I want to. And it's completely separate from any type of weight loss, any weight loss, any tracking, I don't track workouts. I intentionally will leave my Apple watch at home. Like I don't want to do any of that. (laughs) That's amazing. And I feel like what almost what I call what you're describing is that case of the shoulds. Oh, I should work out. I should all over the place. Oh yeah. And it's laid on us like a ton of bricks of all the shoulds that we, we need to be doing. And really what you're describing is like laying down the shoulds, like really laying down this expectation that culture puts on us and instead tapping into your intuition to decide like, what do I want? Do I want to move? Is that, is that what I'm picking up on here? And the big thing there being replacing that like judgment with curiosity. So like really asking yourself questions like, what am I feeling here versus, oh, I should do this. This mm-hmm. judgment of I am lazy and I should work out versus what's going on here? Like what, what am I yeah. feeling happening? And that's something big that we try to instill in and give everyone the skills to be able to navigate that and approach all these worldly things that are going to get thrown at us no matter what, but approach it with curiosity and leave yes. that judgment and shame behind. That was what I was just going to say, approaching it with curiosity. If, you know, if you had to ask me like, what are the top five things that you gained from Academy? Of course, I'd have to take like a week to think about it, but (laughs) I'm never quick to answer on a lot of things. But one of the best things that you actually said to me was stay curious. And like, I forget even what I had expressed at that time, like just something that I was feeling in that moment. And you were like, stay curious.
curious, keep digging, keep digging more as to, okay, and then what? And then what would happen? And then what? And it's like all the way to the end. And then it's like, that's how you really get to the root of what you're feeling. And going back to my intro, I love to get to know myself. So I really do love to just like sit and ponder on things like that of that. Okay. If I'm having a feeling, if I'm in a room or if I get invited somewhere and previously I might not have attended, if I could have been the largest one in the room, I might not have went and like had the experience, made the memory, whatever. And so now it's like, if I get invited to something and I have that feeling of like, Oh God, what am I going to wear? Like, I don't want to look fat. And then it's like, wait, okay. Cause then what, what would happen if you look quote fat? What does that even really mean? Like, I want to make sure that I feel desired. Like, I still want to be desirable. Okay, so how can you fulfill that need with still including body acceptance? So it's like, I try really hard now when I have these negative thoughts, like you said, just to stay curious, like continue digging and having the frame of mind of that I'm staying curious instead of the other way of I'm not good enough removes the shame from it. You know, it's like, that's what so much of it just like ruminates in it. It's all the shoulds and coulds. All of that is just riddled with shame and guilt. And like, you're never... I just really strongly feel that you don't have to beat yourself down to build yourself back up. It's a much shorter journey. If you start from where you are today and learn to love that version of yourself and then incorporate your growth mindset, whatever that means for you. So like in Academy, and I could keep talking forever now, like in Academy, one of the things that I grew the most with was what is my true self-care? Because that was something Mm -hmm. that I was really lacking was true, authentic self-care. And for me, True self-care is a variety of things, but like top three, riding horses. If I can take a riding lesson, if I can go and visit my old horse with his new owner and like go and ride, that is the absolute best thing. I feel happier even just talking about it. Baking, I just love to bake and I find baking and cooking so meditative and also learning to cook different things has helped me to better learn myself again, because it's my favorite pastime and (laughs) like really figuring out, okay, well, what is it that I like? And now I've figured out in the last six months, like, oh, I actually really love vegetarian food. And I don't just eat it because I'm like, oh, it's healthy and I'm doing meatless Monday. Like, no, I eat it because chickpeas are delicious and I love them roasted and thrown in rice with a ton of tzatziki. Like that's just what I like now. So it's like, I've also gained the clarity to be able to say no to things that don't truly serve me, whether that is food. Like I realized I don't really like chicken, so I don't really eat chicken anymore. And I've liked my food a lot more. Imagine that. You're Um, chickened out. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm done. I like seafood. I like vegetarian seafood and a good steak. (laughs) <laughs> in that order. I feel like I have this very specific memory, Katie, of when we were talking about just like having kind of like a go-to meal, because like we said at yes. the beginning, like you're super busy. You have a really like demanding job because you're really good at your job. And then you come home to your family. And so we talked about like, what's an easy meal for you to have at home? What's bloody. What and you were like, what should I do? And I turned the question back to you and said, Katie, what do you like? And yeah. you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that you said Brussels sprouts and that and cheese. Mm-hmm. That's a fact. God, I love it. And I was like, that, I mean, so you were like, I always have Brussels sprouts and I always have a box of mac and cheese. And we were like, boom, there you go. Like have that yeah. for dinner. That's what yeah. I was like. I specifically remember that. And it's funny because it's now that I've recognized that that's what those things are. 
because it's like, seriously, before I would have been like, well, I can't just eat that. That's just eating sides. That's not enough protein. Like, oh, I'm eating mac and cheese. And it's like, oh my God, get out of your head and just nourish yourself. Because instead what I would do is I would obsess over making the right choice. I would go so far past over hungry that then I would just eat whatever, didn't even Mm -hmm. really enjoy it most of the time. And then later at night would full on binge because I did not eat during the day. And it's like, I learned when I like let go of that judgment and really just tried to hone in and listen to my body and ate whatever sounded good for a period of time. Like I actually found out I eat every two hours. That's what I need. And if I go longer than that, it's not good. Like I just feel so weak and confused and stuff like that. But going back to the original statement, I was going to say like, I go through these like periods where, yeah, all I eat is Brussels sprouts and mac and cheese. And that's my go-to my quick meal. Like that is it. Or I get a cheese quesadilla from Wawa because it's 1.8 miles down the road and I can do curbside and I can just order it from my house, drive five minutes, pick it up, come back. Like that is a really good clutch go-to meal for me. And then another thing I've been eating a ton of recently is just like any type of veggie quesadilla. Last night I had a red onion, zucchini and green pepper quesadilla because that's what I had in the produce store. So it's like, I've been doing things like that and I'm just getting so much more enjoyment out of it. Whereas before, like I just would have stressed about every meal and then not been satisfied anyway. Like Mm -hmm. be happy. Well, I feel like a piece of that is that like you got to the point where you gave yourself permission to do those things where before, again, there was this, this whole should, and I have to do this and I have to have protein, but I feel like we, I mean, you've given us so many glimpses of where you came from. And I think that's really, I don't want our audience to miss that because you're sharing like so much wisdom, but I think it's really helpful to know where you originally started. And so before I pressed record, I asked Katie for permission if I was allowed to share some statements and if I could share some of the statements that she had written from her original application to Free Method Academy. And this is from July of 2020. And so one of the questions on our application is like, what is your relationship with food look like right now? And you shared short and simple one sentence. You said it is full of guilt and shame related to food and weight gain. It's crazy. And I don't normally go back and read a lot of people's like applications, but I really wanted to for this podcast recording. And I just feel like that is such a different picture of your life than really what you've shared with us in the last few minutes on here. What are kind of like your thoughts on just the way that you described your relationship to food, just being immersed in guilt and shame? Yeah. I mean, that's it. I only shared one sentence because that was truly it. Every single decision I made, I obsessed over before, during, and after. You know, what should I do? I shouldn't be eating this. I should have gotten something else. I don't really like this. Then after I shouldn't have eaten that, what should I eat later to make up for it? I need to work out more. Yeah, (laughs) I'm just so happy that like, those are not my thoughts now. Now it's actually more of, it's more difficult to answer what do I want sometimes. Like that takes more time now than anything, but it's just incredible for me to think of how much mental bandwidth I opened up when I let that go and how much 
more successful I've been able to be because of that, just having that mental bandwidth, having that opening, having the time to be able to sit and think about things, you know, in a more deeper way, because I'm not constantly worried about if the world is going to love me if I get sour cream on my Chipotle burrito bowl. I will say healing the relationship with food has been easier for me than healing the relationship with my body. That part is still definitely a struggle. So want to keep it real as well. Like Mm -hmm. that part is still pretty hard for me, but I'm really grateful where I'm at. Like, you know, at least 70% there. Yeah. Well, and I appreciate you keeping it real. That's what we want to do here is keep it real. And also be transparent about the fact that like, I mean, at the time when you did Academy, it was three months and now it's four, but you don't necessarily have all the answers or it's not like sunshine and rainbows, but you get through a lot in four months and yeah, you grow a lot. Yeah. And one of the other questions on here was like, what has stopped you from changing your relationship with food? Like what's really like your roadblock and you you gave really short and simple answers, which I just love. You said negative self-talk, lack of self-confidence and willpower. Yep. Willpower. Willpower. (laughs) Get out of here. Stop it. Yeah. Isn't that crazy to just to hear your own words? What were the negative other self negative self talk oh, yeah. and lack of self confidence mm-hmm. and, and, and also- I think even the negative self talk goes to say that like ultimately like sometimes what's keeping us from getting where we want to be is us yeah and it's, it's ourselves like, with that specifically like I have since learned from that time to now even though I have had anxiety and depression like my whole life pretty much like I have only recently at 35, learned that negative self-talk is actually a symptom of anxiety. Like that is your anxiety talking to you, which makes it so much easier for me to say like, you know, compartmentalization can be really beneficial and therapeutic to say like, that is not what I truly believe and not all feelings are facts. And I don't have to believe that. I don't have to believe that thought. That's my anxiety telling me that. And that's not rooted in truth. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, feelings that, are not facts. I love that, but they're valid, yeah. but they're not, always they're valid true. and they are normally the symptom of something deeper. So it's like, I'm feeling so self-critical because I feel like I'm out of control, but really it's my anxiety telling me that things are crazy. Things are out of control. How will you manage all of this? And it's like, okay, take a step back. You'll manage it all because you'll manage, you know, your outside life, how you do your professional life. You put systems in place, you get on a schedule, you get on a routine. You know, it's like that's held me up from getting started on so many things for so long of how will I do it? You just will, like you just will. And now I know that I don't need to be as concerned about, I don't need to be worried about crossing the finish line on day one. On day one, I just need to be worried about day one. Like, I don't need to run the whole marathon on day one. I just need to start where I need to start. So that's, you know, just a lot of clarity that I've gotten since then. And now I look at the negative self-talk in a completely different way. And when that really rears its head, I now know how to actually treat that. It's not lack of willpower or whatever. Like, it's not that those are not connected. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I feel like that even brings us like so much full circle because like just knowing that all you, you came to that conclusion because of curiosity, right? Because you were curious, you now understand where negative self-talk comes from and then even what to do when you do find that happening. Right. Gosh, so good. 
I would love to hear too, because and for listeners that don't know at free method, we do one-on-one coaching, but we are specifically talking about Academy, which is our small group coaching program. Usually no more than five women in a group to really keep that space intimate. And that is what Katie was a part of. Can you speak to a little bit of what you maybe gained from the group environment, like being with other women that were walking through is something similar to you, but with very different stories than you. Yeah. The sense of community. That was the biggest thing. Like I'm still friends with these people. Like I still talk to a lot of them, especially one in particular, very regularly. And like, you know, to have somebody that's a safe person in your life to be able to go to and say like, here are the really raw things that I'm feeling is really, I feel feel like crucial to your long-term success. But yeah, it's, you know, the cohort itself, it brings a sense of community and like truly it takes a village. You are, you did not end up where you are today by yourself and you will not get out of that by yourself either. Like you are the people that you surround yourself with. So through the cohort, like we were all talking one day about just like crap you see on Instagram and somebody, I don't even remember who was like, yeah, well, I just unfollowed all of them. And I was like, oh, I guess that is an option. I cannot follow all those people. (laughs) And so it's just like silly things like that, you know, that you get, but really the point that I want to make bigger than anything is having a safe place, even after the Academy is done. Like those are people that you forged a connection with over something that is very personal. And it just, it automatically bonds you. And I always believe that women together can just absolutely do anything in the world that we want. So really being in a collective of other very strong-willed, independent, successful, funny, heartfelt women. It's just like, yeah, these are my people. Like, these are the people I want to talk to. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like your your group was a group that we always consistently went over time because we were having too much good conversation in the hour that was planned. Um, But you're right. Like women that come together for a, like a unique moment in time for a unique purpose is like amazing things to happen. But like you said, like all very, you all were very, very different too. Yes. And I learned so much through two of the girls or women, excuse me, two of the women struggles with PCOS and endometriosis, how much diet culture affects the medical field. That's not something that I ever even thought about because um, I feel like I probably should have led with this in the beginning. Like I actually had weight loss surgery, as you know, Meredith. So I had always had like a lot of faith in the medical system that like they know what's best. Like, and then it's like through hearing the other women's journeys of like, yeah, I go to my doctor and she's just like lose weight. And I'm like, I have, and it's still not helping. Like that really helped me learn that there is so much fat phobia within that. But more importantly, what I can do to protect myself, what I can do to limit those triggers. Cause you know, going to the doctor and having to get weighed was always a huge thing for me. And like the feeling of sadness that came over like the rest of that day based off of that. So now I do blind weights and you know, if somebody says something snotty about, oh, well it's in kilograms anyway, as if I can't read numbers that are in kilograms and do a conversion. Like I'm able to just kind of let that roll off my head that she's just not on the same frequency 
frequency that I am with this. So she's not going to understand that, but their journey empowered me in my own journey that I didn't even know that I needed empowerment in that area. Like my medical journey that it does not matter my size. I am still entitled to healthcare. Doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. You can't just reduce everything to losing weight because you know what? That might not happen. I work 50 something hours a week, have a three-year-old and have a lot of other things that I want to do with my life than just be skinny. So how do we treat what's going on right now? Mm -hmm. And it's like, really hearing from them was just very eye-opening in a lot of other areas. Yeah. I think that is one of the coolest parts is that you get to learn from each other. And I don't think that's something that everybody walks in those doors expecting. You know, they think it's a much, I think a lot of times people have the assumption that it's almost like a teacher student situation, but it's very, very different than that. It is much more collaborative and, and we make that space, whatever you guys want it to be ultimately. And this podcast will actually come out, I think in November, November, right before our doors open for Academy. And so I know that your words are going to be very impactful, very powerful. What would you say, Katie, to somebody that is super hesitant or just doesn't know whether something like this is for them? I would say that you've tried your method throughout your life and you're still unhappy. I'm sure you've lost weight before and you were unhappy then. You know, I heard a joke sometime that's like, I wish I could be as thin as I was the first time I thought I was fat. And I used to think that was really funny. And now I'm like, that is so sad. Like that is a sad feeling to feel like, and you don't have to feel like that. Like the most freeing thing to know is that I never, never with a capital N have to diet again. Never. Like, and that feeling just like the weight off of my shoulders of like truly accepting and taking that in has just been monumental for like my trajectory in my life, which sounds like so over the top, but it really has. And so the only thing I would say is that if anybody's hesitant, what do you have to lose? Because you've done all of this stuff in the past and you're still in this place right now. And so why not try something else that is counterintuitive to that? Because maybe that will align stronger with you like it did with me. And I think even what I want to say is like, even in your group, all the women were very different ages, like kind of throughout mm -hmm. the five of you, there was different ages. And I think that's something that's really cool, especially as some of the women that were older could speak to and really even see like, wow, I don't even know if I would like have this, the opportunity to do this 20 years ago. Like you said, like for so many people, they may have reached the end of their rope being like, I've done everything, but this program is built to also catch people at the beginning of their rope that says like, I don't want to do any of this. I like right. want freedom from the get go. I don't want to have to go through the depths of hell to just realize that there's a better option. So I love that. And I love never with a capital N. I might tattoo never. that on my forehead. Never, <laughs> never died again. Well, I wish, sorry, just one more thing. Like I wish that I could have went back to college and had had something like this during college because it was like high school in college was where the gasoline was just poured all over my distorted eating, like all over it. And I was a college athlete, which added to it. And like, I rode horses competitively, which like, it matters what you look like up there, unfortunately, like back in olden times, <laughs> kind of. And so it's like, I did have a lot of that pressure on me at that time. And I really took all of that in personally. And like, I graduated from college 
14, 15 years ago. And I'm still bringing all of that with me, you know, leaving it along the side of the road as I continue on my journey. But like, if you don't have to pick that crap up, don't like, if you don't have to pick the baggage up, don't girl, just don't leave it there. <laughs> so Amen. it's like, I wish that man to have an opportunity like that. When I was 19, I could have just like shortcutted all the BS and just got to the really good stuff. I'm literally picturing the board game. What is it? Shoots and ladders or whatever, where you just yes! get to like take the shortcut. <laughs> Um, yeah, take you're right. It's never too early. Being on vacation in a bikini and like actually living your best life. Like just take that shortcut to enjoying bottle service. Like just take it. <laughs> Dude, I promise it's worth it. But you're right. It's never, it's never too early. And yeah, I love just the idea of like, you do carry a lot of that along, a lot of it not being our fault. So much of what culture, diet culture has handed to us, but we get to choose whether we carry that. We get to choose our story and where we take ourselves and our beliefs and all those things. And I love that. I could literally sit here and talk to you all night because I feel like Katie, you're one of those people that we talk about all the time, but we don't get to talk to all the time. You're so So sweet. I could seriously sit here and just keep chatting. And I know, like I said, again, your words, are, are powerful. And I know that they're going to impact women and whether they are in the free method space or just listeners, or maybe don't feel like they're ready yet, whatever that might be, your words are powerful. And yeah. lastly, the way that we always end our podcast is Dylan usually asks what a favorite food memory is as we all have like different memories and that are unique to us in our experiences. Oh, I love always, this. Yeah. So any that come to mind that you would like to share here. Yes. Anybody that's around me for like, you know, more than 10 minutes will find out that I'm from Maryland and I have a lot of pride in it. And so like really some of my favorite food memories are we do crab feast and you roll out all the newspaper. People bring all their extra newspaper over. You put all the newspaper out on the table out back. You have a bunch of corn. It's not a boil. It's not the same thing. But like, you know, we just steam a bunch of local crabs and sit there and pick them and drink beer and eat corn. It's literally the only time that I drink beer. It's like just part of it though. And I have so many cute pictures, but my favorite picture of me and my mom is from a crab feast that we're just like holding the knockers, you know, I can share it with you, but it's just like a really fun memory of like all of the good summer family and friend times. And like, that's what you do around there. You throw a huge crab feast and all your friends come over and you just hang out outside and pick crabs all afternoon and talk and have fun and connect. It's like, that's a great memory. I love that. I can't wait to get back to something like that. Oh, I'm sure. And I think that's a great reminder that food is so much more than just like nutrition. Like it is connection and memories and culture and, you know, all of these things that we uh, get to enjoy and love about food. But we're so often taught that it's just fuel and just nutrition, but it is so much more than that. So I love that. Sure. Yes. And please, what's that? That's funny. Can I share a funny food memory? Of course. A funny food one is that when I was pregnant with my son, like last two months pregnancy craving, which is pretty much the only craving I ever had, lobster tails and salted butter specifically, like had to have it. And at the time, Aldi had twin pack of lobster tails for like $12. So I'd buy like three of them a week. And finally, my husband was like, girl, we got to slow it down. But I just remember like 
I don't think that I'll ever have lobster again that tastes as good as that lobster tasted when I was pregnant. <laughs> so I always think of that too. Like, oh, it was just delicious. I wish I could have that again. <laughs> uh, the crab random the lobster. Katie with the, yeah, the fine true. taste buds. <laughs> yeah, that's all the seafood. Well, this is super fun. Oh, Thank you so much for having me, Meredith. I love this. Thank you so much for being here. Like I said, your words are empowering and you are a part of the free method fam and always will be. So thanks so much, Katie. Absolutely. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to our show. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Food Freedom Podcast. Make sure you're following us on Instagram at Free Method Nutrition for more inspiring content on food freedom, intuitive eating, body respect, and many other things. If you're curious how you can support our podcast and help it to reach more people like you, we would love if you would take a minute to rate and review the show. We drop new episodes every Tuesday, so make sure you subscribe so you always catch our latest conversations. See you next episode. Are you ready to master your mindset and take your health habits to the next level? We created our free method shop with those goals in mind. In our shop, you'll find our Freedom Journal and Elevate Affirmation Cards. Our Freedom Journal is a mindset and gratitude journal that will be the perfect addition to your health and wellness journey. Complete with journal prompts and reflection questions, this journal will help you turn your goals into lasting habits. Each journal page is broken into five sections. Affirmations, gratitudes, what you're learning, what you need to let go of, and what you need to hold on to. The perfect addition to our Freedom Journal are our Elevate Affirmation Cards. These affirmation cards come with 31 mantras, prompts, and encouragements to elevate your relationship with food and body. Head to freemethodnutrition.com slash store to order yours today. Thank you.